Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Rapid Recap here at Inside Nebraska. He's Greg Smith and I'm Zach Carpenter. And Greg, we were talking off camera right before Matt Rule's press conference today at Memorial Stadium at the, Husk, uh, at the Hawks Center about how these press conferences, there's <laughs> never a dull one with Matt Rule. There really isn't. Like Matt Rule is, he's a really interesting person at, in press conference settings because he answers everything that you ask him but and he, more. And more, like every single time. And it's to the point now to where it just, just happened to, peek, to take you a peek behind the curtain. I was talking to our staff writer, Steve Mark, about it. He's like, oh, I totally missed. And we were talking about the Anthony mm -hmm. Grant thing, where there's other things when he's talking about Quentin Newsom. Like, there's just a lot that happens in a Matt Rule press conference that it's sometimes, I think that it's hard to even come recap everything because we could talk for another yeah. 30 minutes because he always talks for like 30 minutes. So it's just, he's a really interesting one, especially, I know we it's now been months now, but it is such a change to anything we've had here before. Yeah, I mean, initially these rapid recap videos are supposed to be like eight minutes or so, mm -hmm. but a lot of times we'll go 15 minutes because there's so much to dissect and mm -hmm. break down from all of that. And uh, like you said, he'll he'll answer the first half, uh, he'll answer your question in the first half, and then he'll have a second part where he's just giving you so much more. We'll, we'll get into that in a second because kind of bearing the lead here with <laughs> the first news that Rule did uh, open with um, open the press conference with, and that is the season-ending torn ACL to Marcus Washington. Uh, he tore it in his left knee against Illinois on Friday. It was the same knee injury, or same knee they injured at the beginning of fall camp. First, he suffered a broken bone in his hand. Then he gets that knee tweak on the very first day back from fall camp practice, and now the torn ACL. One play after a 39-yard catch, a huge play to get him out. Of a, of a big hole at the one yard line after the goal line stand by a defense. Um, gets hurt the next play. That was second longest catch uh, in his two years here at Nebraska. Now, uh, where, where are they going to turn to now to fill that production? Yeah, I think that you, you have to turn, and this I think was the exact next question, next question to Matt Rule, um, the freshman. Like, what do you, what can you get out of them? And Matt Rule, he kind of said it with a smile, but was actually was very serious in that, you know, Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss, and Jalen Lloyd, like, they all played in the game um, on, on Friday night, and that they're, he's always said that they're going to be good players, but he mm -hmm. said they have to be good players now. Yeah. There is no choice. They're going to have to play. And that's basically Basically where they are now they did you did also see Ty Han show up in that game on Friday night you saw Alex Bullock make a couple of nice catches um, that we had heard about him making plays like that during camp and we, have, we just haven't seen it as much in a game but when he does make plays they seem to be really nice plays um, and so he's gonna have to play as well um, but yeah that's basically where you're gonna have to go as we said kind of coming into the season Wide receiver coach Garrett McGuire had his work cut out for him. That was before all of these injuries and departures. He definitely has his work cut out for him now, given the situation and the youth and inexperience that he has in that room. Yeah, because that's Marcus Washington's injuries on top of Xavier Betts, who they thought had potential as their number one receiver, or at least number two. Xavier Betts quits the team 19 days before the season opener. Isaiah Garcia castinated tears his ACL against Minnesota, and now a torn ACL here in um, like, like you mentioned, the, with the freshman receivers, just Malachi Coleman, people kept wanting to see him, wanting to see him, and now you're going to see him a lot more. I mean, yeah. he, had, he only had 18 snaps in the first four games, didn't play against Michigan, um, and then came back for, after Washington went down, 57 snaps, and caught his first career catch as a Husker, uh, a little five-yard out. 
Did a really nice uh, job with downfield blocking. You can, hey, you can build off of that. It's funny, we're yeah. talking about Steve. I told Steve, we were talking about that before the press conference, is that, hey, at least you have that, right? Like, mm -hmm. you can go out there, and if they're going to be a team that runs the football a lot, and I don't think that's changing at all, um, at least you know he can help you in the downfield blocking game, which, hey, that can help get you on the field, too. That's why it's, I think it's important the last uh, two of the last, like, updates or shows of uh, a growth pattern with, with Malachi. I think uh, probably had some time or a difficult time adjusting to the college game, just the rigors of it and the, the practices and whatnot. And um, already was that raw, really exciting but raw athlete. And um, we heard from Marcus Satterfield a couple, what, two, three weeks ago about how hard he's been going to practice. So it's like, that's a, that's a, a teaching point, a, a point of emphasis where it's like, okay, maybe he's starting to put it together. Then he had the, um, like you said, uh, I remember one block that sprang a Billy Kemp run yeah, where, in the corner, yeah. yep. and um, then you have, so you have that, Jaden Doss, the freshman receiver who everyone was excited about, mm -hmm. and then as soon as he starts getting praise, like a ton of it from quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator, mm -hmm. he gets hurt the very next day at practice with a, with a broken right arm, but he came back out, on, or he got his first snaps against Illinois. It was only five snaps, but you could still see the visions of how they want to use him in this offense. They're putting him in motion in the backfield. They're using him on a crossing route. So you saw a little bit of it. Yeah, Matt Rule said today that they actually had a reverse dialed up for him, but they kind of checked out of it because they saw the corner was going to blitz. Um, and so they are trying to utilize his skill set, and that's the skill set that I saw kind of seeing him in person um, as a senior last season. I think that he's going to be a really good player here. I know that, that's a very Matt Rule line. He, he says that all the time. And now his, he is now infected my brain, I guess, with those <laughs> sayings. Sorry, Coach. Um, but I do think that. I think that he's going to be a really good player you just got to get him up to speed after he's now back from injury. And then just the bigger picture points of, of these injuries, I mean, they're piling up. And this, yeah. Marcus Washington is the seventh Nebraska player to go down with a season-ending injury since late July, early fall. I mean, that's including defensive lineman Brody Tagaloa, who was uh, injured in a car accident, had a knee injury, um, some face cuts, who was lost for the season. Maverick Noonan goes down uh, with a knee injury at the beginning of fall camp. So that's two. Marcus Washington, Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda, um, defensive back Dwight Boodle with a shoulder injury um, and then running backs the top two running backs Gabe Bourbon Jr. and Ramirez Johnson with a hip and a shoulder um, respectively are, are gone for the season on top of a bunch of injuries that have just been nagging like the ankle sprain to Jeff Sims and Cam Hart, Barrett Liebentrip, Luke Reimer, Deshaun Singleton, uh, Ethan Piper had a cast on his hand so there's I, there's like a couple See, more. I had, to, banged up when, <laughs> I had to run through the Nebraska roster one by one to like, all right, did I miss anybody? Did I miss mm -hmm. anybody? And I still missed uh, one of them. So these are piling up. I know Rule said today he's never had yeah. uh, been on a team where there's been this many injuries to key guys. Yeah, and that, I mean, that is definitely, I, for his sake, I hope that is true and it never gets any worse than this because it's hard to imagine it being worse, um, which is something that it, when you look at this team, you have to, I think, kind of take that into account. Like, I don't want to, you can't make excuses because I don't think Rule would ever make excuses and he didn't allude to that at all, like not one bit. Um, but I do think that if we look back at the end of this year and this team, you know, makes a bowl game, gets the six or seven wins, we're going to have to give them a lot of praise for 
one, fighting through adversity, but B, being able to get a lot of different guys ready to play uh -huh. competitive football because they're down. You know, in the case of your running backs, you had, what, your fourth string running back out there in, in Emmett Johnson, who looked good um, until he fumbled the ball on the exchange. Um, that type of stuff is really hard to pull off in a year one situation when you didn't think the team had was overwhelming with talent to begin with. Like, that's a really hard thing to do, um, and that'll be a curious storyline to just kind of keep track of as we move through the back half of the season. Yeah, I don't know how you can honestly, like you said, not a, not building in excuses for this team, but I don't know how you can properly evaluate this team and analyze it without mentioning that as a as a significant factor. I mean, they're starting three guys now, Phelan Sanford, John Bullock, and Alex Bullock, and I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting another who are former walk-ons. They're starting now for this team. And, and Josh Felix is now a running back. And like, there's all these different yeah. things where it's like, they're like piecing it together at some positions. And I think the fact that they're right, right in the thick of things in uh, the contention for a bowl season, winning season potentially, I think it's, it's, it's a, major footnote if not a headline for this season yeah that'll be something that we put a pin in that we stumbled into something on yeah that because if yeah. you because if, if they do end up doing that that has to be a large part of the conversation and why people then should be even more excited for the future now got to get through the present first <laughs> we got to see how it all plays out because the wheels could come off because as Matt Rule did allude to he said talking about the back half of this season you know they could beat anybody left on their schedule but anyone left on their schedule could beat them so we just don't know how that's gonna go that was the best uh, that was my favorite part of a pretty dim press conference not like a bad news mm -hmm. press conference that was my favorite part is he said that and it was like you're pretty much saying what we're like yeah, everybody we're else saying is saying that, about yeah. like uh, fans media and it's like okay so everybody's pretty much on par with how Matt Rule is uh, looking at the rest of this schedule uh, for the next six games. And I love how you're like, yeah, we stumbled on it. We stumbled on this big picture point because if you guys don't know how this works with our videos, we don't really talk, we don't script it, we don't talk about it a lot. We purposely save it for the podcast. We always wind up stumbling <laughs> upon different talking points that we could expand on for days. But um, last point was about Anthony Grant. That was the most important thing to come out of this press conference. And we're not gonna dive too much into it because Steve Marek at InsideNebraska.com is writing a more in-depth feature story about it um, from what Rule said today and uh, about Anthony Grant. But those fumble issues, it, like we said earlier on this video, he was asked about Anthony Grant and those fumbling issues. And then he wound up diving into a much bigger Wait. picture point about this team and being a player-led team. Yeah, like it's so funny because I'm laughing while you say that because I just knew where you were going there mm -hmm. is that he talked, he started off with a really good explanation, technical explanation about what he needs to do to hold on to the football. He talked about points of contact and holding the ball up higher mm -hmm. and he talked about how Tom Osborne was at practice and said that Harper carries the ball beautifully, which is all good and very good like football diagnosis there and then dove into, kind of dovetailed into how to make those sorts of things better and more consistent, you have to be player-led, and he, he, he showed once again about how much he pays attention to everything. I don't know if you caught him say that they haven't been plus in the turnover margin in like eight or nine years. Yes, like it's Mike Riley. Exact, yeah, he knew the exact time. So he talked about how, you know, there's been multiple voices and different coaches that have told these guys that and that they just, that has to be a player-led thing, and that, you know, he asked uh, Quentin Newsom about how to, you know, then bridge the gap between playing free and then also not committing penalties, and Q stepped up and said, we have to do it, and that kind of symbolizes everything that Matt 
Rule was saying in that moment about for Anthony Grant to be able to fix those fumble issues, there's only so much that EJ Barthel or Matt Rule or Marcus Satterfield can do. He's going to have to do the things that they're saying about carrying the football, like Matt Rule said, not out here as he's yep. been used to doing yep. it, but up to here uh, tight because he thinks that he has a ton of talent um, can even play at the next level. But as, as Matt Rule correctly said, you can't play for Matt Tom Mike Tomlin if you're going to carry the football like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not to the Sean McCoy levels of carrying the ball no. the way out here or anything like that. Not Shady never fumbled, I feel yeah, like, and Woody hung it that loose. But if you watch that Minnesota fumble, yeah, he ran through the defender and then he had it, uh, he was holding it loose and that allowed Minnesota to punch the ball out. And that's the thing is like the one of the, probably the only issue that we talked about from last season that we wanted to see from Anthony Grant was not not running east-west, getting more north and south, being a little more physical. <laughs> yeah, because he, he did get north and south and get physical at times, like against Rutgers last year. Mm -hmm. But um, we wanted to see more of that, and then that's, I think, has created a little bit more of an issue now where he's fumbling it yeah. with, with, the extra, with the additional um, physicality that he's running with. But, um, yeah, to your point, it's now the player-led program. That was a, a point um, that rule had emphasized all off season about and Terrence Knighton, I remember Evan Cooper said yeah. it, how we want this to be a player led program. And you're seeing that now at the midway point yeah. of the season. And uh, specifically a defensive player. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to really dial it in, um, which I actually think is great. I don't know if I've actually said that on this podcast. I know I've said it to you guys before. I think that that's something that people watching this, Nebraska fans, can really wrap their arms around. Having this program return to being a defensive-led program and that being the identity, you have to go back to the Bo Pelini years to think about when that was actually the thing. Coincidentally, that was the last time they were, like, consistently competitive. I think that that's a thing that, uh, to me, kind of perked my ears up and I think is a good sign for the future of the program. Yeah, I mean, not going to dive into it too much. We have more coming at InsideNebraska.com, but I mean, this, the, the win over Illinois, that moment of after the, speaking of Anthony Grant fumbles, the moment where he went over, where Matt Rule went over to the defensive huddle as they're about to take the field and said, do you guys love Anthony Grant? Like, yeah. Well, he needs you. And then the players, I think it was led by, he said Jamari Butler by name, but the players pretty much told him, said, had a few choice words for him, <laughs> but essentially it was, get your ass out of here. Yeah, we got him. Like, we're going to go back on the field and play. He was like, all right, prove it. And then they proved it. And I think that could wind up being a turning point, not just for the season, but if we could look back, depending on how the rest of this year goes and down the road, I feel like we're going to be looking back on that as a seminal moment as a big turning point in how things this rebuild wound up taking shape i mean it's it's potential we could be talking about that in a positive light for i mean for a long time if things go things go well and it speaks to the player-led yeah, and I feel like all, all of these things that we're now kind of talking about, and you can see the little seeds of it. If you think about, think back to that great piece that Jeff Ekstrom wrote about, like the, the chicken wing dinners yep, and all of that stuff. Yep. Every one of Rule Stops has those things like it that kind of got got the ball rolling, and we could be starting to see the beginning of that here, which, which is a good thing. That should be exciting for fans, even as the game was ugly, but they got the win. Yeah. Greg, do you want to talk for like another hour here? Because I feel I like mean, we I could. I could, but I'm not going to, but I could. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Like, that's the thing is we dive and dive because it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is something we could dive mm. into. This is something we could dive into. On a, a bi-week press conference. Yeah, exactly. That's the That was the funniest part is like, we'll get rule for 10, 15 minutes. And then right before, like, I feel like he's going to say something like really impactful or like something we could talk about because he always does. And he did. He did. But um, speaking of diving into, 
can do that inside nebraska.com we got um, stuff up there like i said steve's writing anthony grant story right now um, he's got film reviews black shirt breakdown there and on the inside nebraska youtube channel i checked it out today i don't know if you've watched it but it was one of the better ones steve come back steve <laughs> steve had some good points jay was uh Jay was awesome, like locked always. In, yeah. yeah, locked in talking about the some of the key plays in the Illinois game and what it means for Nebraska going forward. So encourage you guys to check that out. Encourage you guys to like this video, subscribe to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel to get these videos dropped dropped directly into your feed, um, including the black shirt breakdown, recruiting blitz with Greg and Jansen um, on our on our channel, and more of these videos as we uh, we head into we're in the middle of the bye week and we got. Winnable games coming up in Nebraska once again. So for Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys again next time.